baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Not exactly. John Hines in for Jason DeRussia. It is uh, 5.08. I get this opportunity now. Same as last week. Gee, Laura, it seems like only a week ago we had a chance to chat. Yes. And here we are again. What a treat. Yeah, well, thank you. It is for me. It is a treat for me, me for sure. To, well, thank you. Um, let's, I, well, let me ask you about this. Before the break, throughout this story... Uh, from the Daily Mail, I think, is where we, we get this about uh, chat GPT, artificial intelligence. They're getting closer and closer to being able to predict when you're done. When, mm. you know, and wanted to know. Uh, right away, got one text uh, on the uh, CCO talking text line at 651-461-9226 that said, hell no, they do not want to know. No way. Me neither. Would you want no? to know? I don't know. Well, I, I'm kind of torn. Well, because here's the thing. Now, I, I'm considerably older than you are, Laura. So w- with that in mind, it's like, you know, I just. I, I, How much more time do I have left? And let's make sure I'm making the most of it. Is that what you're thinking? Well, okay. That's what I'm thinking. Yes. No, yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking, how much more time do I need? Right. Um, you know, I, I, I guess. Would I love to see my grandchildren marry? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and would I like to be around long enough to be a burden on them? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there was once I think somebody posted the cartoon on the refrigerator at my mom's house: "Live long enough to be a burden on your children." Yeah, uh, that's a good yeah. magnet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. But I, I don't know. I. I'm, but you just are a definite no on that. I am a definite no. I can't even imagine knowing roughly when I'm going to die. And as that date approaches, how freaked out I would be. I would be freaked out. I think that would mess you up mentally like there's no tomorrow. Hmm. I really do. See, I guess because I have, you know, in my brain, I've settled so many other things that, um, you know, other parts of my life that it wouldn't freak me out. Mm. Dan, what do you think? I mean, you counsel people about death and, and getting through difficult times I mean, in mortality. I mean, what do you think? Well, yeah, I mean, so there's a couple different ways to approach it, right? What we said, or what I said last hour when we were talking about it, is I would personally be kind of freaked out. Yeah. Because you know, I'd be thinking, you know, trying to count down the days on a, you know, on a calendar. Yeah, like an advent calendar. You get a well, yeah, little I mean, Jolly Rancher once a really, day until your time is up. Really problematic advent calendar. And, whoops. Yeah. There's, yeah. Oh, well, at least it's the watermelon flavor oh, Jolly Rancher. Oh, God. Uh, no way. Time, I, I did also to... say last hour that, you know, if this was something that they used, like a doctor said, look, the way you're living right now, this is, this is the year you're going you're gonna to last until. But... If you change a few things in your life, you improve the diet, you do the exercise a little bit, whatever, look how many more years you can get. If, right. if you could you know, use it that way, there's a positive spin to it. Sure. There's also, if you're, if you're a person of faith that you know, believes in an eternal life, uh, then there's no reason to be scared of death. 
Right? Death is just a change from your You're current moving state to phase. moving to another phase of life. So. I get Still that. no reason to hurry it, though, right? Well, I mean, I, well, I mean, there was, if we want to get real deep into the scripture of it, you know, there was a point at which Paul says that, you know, to, to die is, is, is uh, to live as Christ and to die is gain. The idea is, as long as I'm here, I'm going to do the work that I'm here to do. And if, you know, the good Lord thinks I need to be here longer to keep doing that work, so be it. But when I die, I get to go be with Christ. So either way, I'm either doing the work with the Lord or, mm. I'm, or I'm going to go be with Christ. So either yeah. way, well, you know, along that line, if you are a person of faith, you perhaps believe uh, that, you know, that there is an all-knowing higher power that knows, can tell you the, the finite number of times your heart is going to beat. Right. And I used to use that logic for why waste those on a treadmill? Because um, <laughs> there's, there's a set number, and that number's already been determined. So don't... I, but then the other side of it is you can use that number to, to beat them out stronger and better and make a, 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 a better point. But it is something to think about, um, you know, just especially if you are examining your own life and you think, yes, I need to make some changes in my own life. Yeah. To do to do that. But I still don't think I would want chat GPT to tell me when my number is up. That's just that's too much. That's too much. That's like something out of a science fiction movie that I would just never, ever be comfortable with. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, because it's like, well, I got to quickly get this done for for whatever it might be. Yeah. So I'm not going to drive today because. This is supposed to be the, you know, the time. I, that's just a, it's, it's one of those imponderables, perhaps. But, I think so. But maybe not, because you seem to have no question about how you would, not how you would approach that. Right. Let's yeah. talk about something a little more uplifting heading <laughs> okay. into the Christmas weekend. How about? Yeah. Hey, you know, when we <laughs> spoke last week, we talked about the, the you know, the, the, the snurt, the uh, snow and dirt, and now it's just dirt, yeah. um, the, the brown Christmas. Yes. Uh, uh, and you were talking a little bit about how, yes, the, the fresh blanket of white would cast a, you know, a, a brighter light on everything. Yeah. Uh, and what did Dan say? I think, Dan, since the year 2000, we've had... This will be the eighth brown Christmas. Mm. We've, either, we've either had eight or this is the eighth. And really? I can't remember which way it goes. Yeah, since 2000. Wow. Which is, I mean, this is the 23rd year. I mean, yeah, that's, I you suppose. Know, okay. It's not a crazy number, but yeah, we've had, yeah. by the meteorological definition, brown Christmas is eight times. It does feel weird. It just feels weird. It's, it's wet and rainy out there. It's yeah. kind of humid. And you know, it's you just know what? weird. You don't have to shovel the rain. I, I, just, I know. It's like I, I get people <laughs> want you know, the, the idyllic Christmas looking out the window yes. thing. I, I get it. I get it. I get it. And there's only so much time to, to have the snow. And if we are getting this far into it without having had it yet, it's that much less time we have to deal with it. I know. It makes life a lot easier. I I'm really so. torn. I, I totally am torn because I do enjoy these warmer temperatures and not having to deal with the hassle of slippery sidewalks and bad roads. I mean, that is a plus. But just how it looks bothers me. I want things to look pretty and crisp and Christmassy. Yeah. And I'm not okay. getting my way. <laughs> well, <laughs> such is life. Mm-hmm. I'm not is, getting is it, my way. Go onto so, YouTube and they've got like these 10-hour videos of snow falling outside a window. Maybe throw, that's throw it. that up on your TV, <gasps> you know, shut the window so you don't see anything outside and just look at that for Maybe a while. I'll do that. There you know, go. I did see a beautiful picture from a friend of mine on Facebook who lives in Alaska. And they had gone out hiking 
for the winter solstice and took some gorgeous photos right in the forest of these beautiful tall pine trees just coated in about two feet of snow and snow as far as the eye could see and it was beautiful and I just thought wouldn't that be cool even just for one night at Christmas time to have that kind of snow. Yeah, just, you know, and, and not on the sidewalks, just on your lawn. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. And on, on the, the limbs of the trees. Yes. Just to, to give it that snowy, wintry exactly. feeling. So, well, w- good thoughts, warm thoughts all around. I think that I probably uh, will pull up the Yule log uh, on TV. Yeah. And, um, and, and there's now that I think there's a, you know, more than dozens of them, uh, you know, whether it's on YouTube TV or wherever you're watching the Yule log. Yep. I like to watch the one where you occasionally see the guy reach in with the poker <laughs> yeah. and stir the, <laughs> yes, uh, I've seen see that. if, <laughs> see yeah, if you can catch him. See, it's like, oh. see if you can catch him. And it's, it's like, okay, we can all drink. We saw it. So oh, that's funny. <laughs> Yeah, just something to keep track of. Play your own little games. For so. sure. Second Lay only log. to that one. Second, this is a U-log, second only to the one this one that you're talking about there is the person that edited together footage from Return of the Jedi of Luke about to light the funeral pyre of Darth Vader, and then here comes Nat King Cole underneath it, and it launches into just a shot of Darth Vader burning on oh a pyre with Christmas music running for about four hours. That is the nerdiest thing oh, I've ever so heard good. in my life. It is so good. Oh. Yes, but Dan Cook is... You know, Star Wars. He's Darth my number yeah. one Star Wars nerd. Yeah. Yes, he is. Absolutely. He's, He's the guy. Well, Laura, I, I'll take this chance to wish you the merriest of Christmases. Now, have you got all your shopping done? You've got, you know, f- covered the men in your life? Yes, the shopping is done. The wrapping is not. So that's my plan for tonight and a little bit tomorrow morning. All right. Well, enjoy the holiday. And now, do you get some time off Thank as you. well? I have, well, yes, we don't work on Christmas Day. So what's that on Monday? And then I took Tuesday off for one more day. So I'm back next Wednesday. It'll be a nice stretch. Well, great. A good break and well-deserved. Yeah. Merry Christmas to you too, John. Thank you very, very Mm -hmm. much. And Dan, you stick around. I'll wish you Merry Christmas when we get to the end of the show. Sounds I, good. I don't want to. I don't want to blow it here. For goodness' <laughs> sake, <laughs> we got it's a last five, segment. We got to fill. Come on. Yeah, we do. Hey, speaking of that, we're going to talk with Alec Lewis uh, after five thirty from the Athletic. He is the beat writer for the Vikings. There, he's going to talk about what it might take for the Vikings to uh, make their way into the playoffs. I think basically it's win out. And uh, you secure a, a favorable position. But we'll, we'll get all the details on that, plus more show before we even get to that at News Talk 830 WCCO. It's 518. 523. John Hines in for Jason DeRussia. News Talk 830 WCCO. Hey, coming up here, I thought this might be a good time. Um, for folks who know and who listen to uh, Drive Time with Jason DeRussia, you know uh, perhaps that Dan Cook has. Uh, a very strong connection to a congregation here in our Twin Cities area where, um, how do I say, Dan, you are, you know, one of the ministers of a part of this congregation. Is I'm, that right? Yeah, I'm a pastor. I, I pastor. Actually, yeah, they pay me and everything. It's great. It's really, it's oh. fun to, yeah. Yeah, no, <laughs> well, Here's why I bring this up, because I, I, I'm pretty sure, I think your, your lead pastor will be doing the Christmas message. Yes. When you get to the Christmas services here. But I wanted to know, if, if you were pressed into service, to do that and to deliver that service, 
Um, what would be your, your message uh, at this time of year to the, uh, to the congregation, to the folks who may be looking for them? And I know this is just kind of coming out of left field, but I thought it would be interesting to hear from you what, what you might say that would offer some words of encouragement and spirit yeah. going forward. You know, it's interesting. We, and when I, you know, we did a segment on Monday where we called the Monday message, and, and it was me talking about what I had preached about this past Sunday. Um, when I gave a sermon. And so in that, we mentioned that, you know, at our church, we've been doing this uh, series over the course of Advent um, where the theme or the driving question has been, how does a weary world rejoice? And it's an attempt to try and acknowledge the fact that in this Christmas season, which is supposed to be about joy and merriment and, you know, all of these things, that the truth is that there's a lot of people that are feeling overwhelmed and that there's a lot of chaos going on in the world and, and, uh, you know, there's a very dear friend of mine who's battling the depression monster right now, and it's nothing to do with necessarily even the season or whatever. It just, you know, it snuck up on her, and this is when she's having to deal with it. And to have to deal with stuff like that juxtaposed against smiling, happy, joyful, all of the stuff that Christmas is supposed to be, there's somewhere where that seems to kind of rub up against, it, you know, each other, and, and that can be an issue. Uh, but what we're trying to focus on is both in naming the fact that that weariness and that overwhelming feeling and, and that kind of chaos and depression is real and it's there and it, you know, it, it's affecting people. And at the same time, we feel like you can find spots of joy in and amongst that. We don't want to push that away and deny it and say, no, it doesn't exist. Or we're going to put that in the closet and just never, ever talk about it again. Uh, no, we're going to name that that stuff's there and it's real and it's, and it's very much present in our lives, but that it doesn't mean that we can't also find little lights in the darkness, little bits of joy. Um, and I think especially when you get to the Christmas season, hope is such a huge theme, is such a huge message that needs to be reminded. I mean, the whole idea of the birth of Christ in the renewing of hope amongst God's people is an annual thing. There's a reason that we celebrate this every year. And it's this, it's this small light that comes into the world in one of the darkest periods of, of the year uh, that that continues to give us hope for the future, that continues to give us a reason um, to keep getting up, to keep doing what we're doing when it can seem like you just want to shut down and, you know, say the heck with it. So it, it's, you know, it's a complicated message. It's one of those things where you, you can be real oversimplified and it can be something that, you know, a lot of people struggle to connect with. And yet I think hope is, is at the essence of all faiths. Um, but very much the Christian faith and what we celebrate more than anything else around Christmas. Interesting. I, and, I, and I do appreciate that, that message. How much do you think um, this plays in, like, in a more secular way to the coming of the new year? It's like a chance to, you know, to start over, to start fresh in a new year. Do you think that there's a, a connection there? Sure. I mean, there, there can be. Um, I, I think, you know, in our culture, you, we, we, we talk about all the time, and people will be talking next week on this very radio station about New Year's resolutions and how we're going to start new things. And we're going to uh, regular gym goers complain about that first few weeks in January because everybody, you know, with the New Year's resolutions shows up and all of a sudden the gym's very busy. But give it a few weeks and, you know, people fall off and, and go away. And I think, you know, there's a reason for that. I think people with uh, very good intentions want to start new, good, healthier habits in the new year and want to use it that way. But if it's not grounded in something, and it doesn't even necessarily have to be faith, although I think faith is a, is a good way to ground stuff like that. If it's not grounded in something, if there isn't a deeper, more core desire involved other than, oh, I just need to get healthy or I need to get the doctor off my back or whatever it is, that's why you see people start and not stay with it. 
um, because it needs to be something more than just cosmetic. It needs to be something more than just, hey, this could be fun. Let's give this a try kind of thing. You know, there needs to be mm-hmm. something driving you at a very deep level or you, you just won't stay with it. So, Well, good. Good message. I'm glad I, I'm glad I asked. I hope you don't mind my Not at putting all. I'm you. always uh, happy to talk about stuff like this. Okay, good. It is 28 minutes after 5 o'clock. We'll take a, a time out here, get a traffic weather update and all those things that uh, you need to know, those things that we do on WCCO Radio, and come back and we'll talk about uh, hopes for the future for the Minnesota Vikings, for the guys in purple. We'll switch gears completely here. We'll do it next on WCCO. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Yeah, it also means the day before the the Vikings game, whatever. Joined by Alec Lewis uh, this morning, this afternoon, this evening here on WCCO Radio. I'll get my time a day straight, Alec. Uh, Alec writes for The Athletic. He is the beat writer for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, A couple of columns from this week, one of which came early in the week, when you uh, basically were saying we can't hold uh, the coach, Kevin O'Connell, uh, up for the, the failure of the Vikings to convert. And you throw an interesting stat out there about the percentages of attempts to sneak as they tried a couple of times on third and, and short, fourth and short. Um, and 87% of the times the Vikings have tried that, this season, it's been successful, which is ahead of the league average, Alec. Yeah, first, you said you said good morning. Good, yeah, I mean, it's morning somewhere, so uh, yeah, well, you're it's... on it. I, I think you're you're sharp, and uh, it, it's, <laughs> it, it works out. As far as the quarterback sneaks, I mean, yeah, look, I, I, I never, ever, ever want to tell a fan what to think. Like, I, I know sometimes in this job I give my opinion and, and I have beliefs and they're grounded all a lot of the time in data or film or conversations with somebody in the building who has a data point that I probably or people on the outside wouldn't have. But I just felt like given the way this year has gone and thinking about things from a very big picture standpoint, when you account for the injuries of Kirk and, and Justin Jefferson and account for all the turnovers and think about the fact that, look, like at the end of the day, there's seven and seven here in a season again against the schedule where seven and seven seem possible even at full strength. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I understand the nitpicking of these, these games, and, and I, I do think these plays are important to analyze and discuss, but I also think it's easy sometimes on the outside to look at the result and think that the process didn't make any sense, uh, whereas kind of we thinking about it from the opposite standpoint. So it's 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 fun and I it's all in good fun and I I enjoy the conversations and the engagement in terms of what people think. Yeah, well, were you surprised? I I guess I just kept thinking that there's got to be a bigger guy than Mullins on that team <laughs> that could. I mean, we saw uh, Chandler break through a couple of times in just a big way against that defensive line from Cincinnati let's I mean like one of those times try somebody else I mean did you ever have that thought Alec 
No, yeah, of course. Yeah, there's no question that I mean when you have Nick Mullins QB sneaking it with a guy who is five foot eight, 181 pounds, and Brandon Powell behind him doing the pushing. I mean, yeah, it raises a lot of questions. So afterward, after the game, and Kevin O'Connell's asked, he's asked a couple things. Like one, why is Brandon Powell at five foot eight the one doing the pushing? And he explains that on film in the week leading up to the game, they had seen that if they went with lighter personnel, then it might be easier for the initial push. And that showed itself earlier in the game. So there are explanations. But, of course, on the outside, yeah, you question, why would you do that? Why not hand it off to the guy who's run for 132 yards? And and his response to that was, well, hang it off, takes more time, gives the defensive line more chance to push. So that for, for a lot of different reasons, I think I had a lot of questions. And I think – Ultimately, they're all fair. I mean, when you lose a game like that, and every game is meaningful, I mean, everyone's going to point the blame at somebody. And you could point the blame at the two turnovers in the red zone or the defense giving up three touchdowns in the fourth quarter or the the head coach who made the two play calls that he did at the very end on a day where, honestly, Nick Mullins had a pretty good uh, performance. So it's it's the blame is goes all around when you lose these games. Um, I again, it's it's rightful for people in this city, especially that have watched this team for as long as you have, uh, to to question. So it's it's yeah. I, of course, I think watching from the outside, you you always um, you always have questions, and I just try to look at it from a very objective kind of both sided approach. Whether that's right or wrong, that's just kind of how I'm wired, I guess. Well, that's the very essence of Monday uh, morning quarterbacking, right? Um, just to come back and and uh, take it apart afterwards and said, "Well, what if you had done this?" And <laughs> and yeah, it's just yeah, yeah. It's what makes it fun. It's it really it's part of what makes the league as good as it is too. Well, there is that. There is that. Hey, you had another uh, column uh, in the Athletic uh, that uh, people should check out and read, uh, and that is what it's going to take for the Vikings to get into the playoffs. And it's not that difficult, is it? It really isn't. I mean, if you win two out of these last three, I mean, I, I guess, let me let me rephrase it. The process of getting in, in terms of understanding it from the outside, not that complicated. If they win two of these last three, then they're probably in. Now, I will say, the, the, it is complicated to beat uh, two of these last three teams. They played Detroit. They played Green Bay. They played Detroit twice. Detroit is a team <clears throat> that is really talented offensively, um, a lot of skilled players, some new players on defense. They're very well coached. Um, beating Detroit, especially twice, is going to be really difficult. And the Packers have had a fair amount of success, success Excuse me, in the back half, half of the season. So, while the if you win two out of three, you get in, it's 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 a lot easier written in the athletic pride than uh, accomplished on the field beginning Sunday. Do you? I, I, I'm just curious because sometimes when a team gets in a situation where they are in, um, you know, they're going to make the playoffs. They might, um, you know, back off a bit, save some players or something of that nature. Do you see anything like that happening with Detroit? Could definitely happen. You know, they play the Vikings this week, and if they win this game at U.S. Bank Stadium, they will clinch the NFC North. And then at that point, it becomes a seeding conversation. They play Dallas next week, actually, which is a pretty fascinating game. And Dallas certainly is going to be vying for 
seeding spots and, and, and the NFC East and their division. So that game should probably be pretty competitive regardless. And I would doubt that Detroit would sit guys just because they still are jockeying for position. But it does put Week 18, the last game of the Viking season, in Detroit in question. I mean, Dan Campbell, the Viking, I'm mean, excuse me, the Lions head coach, does not strike me as the take a game off type of guy. I mean, he is as gritty, tough, uh, Detroit style mindset as you're going to find. So um, it wouldn't shock me if they did play the starters in that game, but but you just never know. And it's really hard to peg until we get there. Um, I, 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 they, the cliche that the coaches and players will say is week to week. And that's kind of, I think, probably the best way to peg it as we're thinking forward right now. You mentioned Green Bay, the second half of the season. They've been coming on a bit. Um, I, you know, take some delight in seeing them because I'm from Minnesota, you know, I mean, it's, it's, all my, it's, it's like that old joke, you know, two favorite teams, the Minnesota Vikings and whoever is playing the, uh, uh, Green Bay Packers that week. But, um, just wondering if, if, because they have started to show some promise the second half of this season, and then there have been some stumbles and some faltering. What do you see coming for Green Bay, uh, this coming week? Yeah, they've had a lot of, um, I would say, I would call it uh, frustration in the last week uh, to two weeks over their defensive coordinator, Joe Barry. And that frustration and the disgruntled nature of fans has been a theme during Joe Barry's time there. They play similar to the way the Vikings played last year, which is pretty stagnant, which is a lot of off-zone coverage where you're giving up uh, a lot of room, and, and uh, it's, it's really the polar opposite of the way the Vikings run their defense right now. And so um, for as much as they have seen development for quarterback Jordan Love and a lot of the young receivers, I mean, they've got just a plethora of young talent that has really grown and, and developed, and offensively they've been pretty good and impressive. Um, the defense over there is a major question mark right now. And – just as it relates to the Vikings playing the Packers, I mean, Kevin O'Connell, since he's gotten here, and his staff have really had not – they have not had much trouble moving the football against Joe Barry. So it makes next week certainly interesting. And then, obviously, that is only heightened by what is going to be a, an important game for both teams. My guest is Alec Lewis. He writes at The Athletic. He covers the Vikings there. Um, he's on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker hotline. Uh, give me a rundown on who's, who's in, who's out, who's hurt, who's not uh, for this coming weekend. Yeah, the Vikings are actually without cornerback Byron Murphy Jr., who is their best cornerback. Um, I mean, I, an, an evaluation of him this year is pretty difficult. He, he plays outside and inside, um, and he hasn't been like, spectacular but he's been serviceable and that's a spot where they need that type of quality at the very least and so to not have him he suffered a knee injury early in uh saturday's game against the Bengals and continued playing but has not been able to go this week that is a it's a tough absence it'll really test their depth defensively then you got a lot of players questionable right tackle brian o'neill running back alexander madison uh defensive tackle harrison phillips um, a lot of these guys I expect to be kind of close to game time to z- decision. I do think Harrison Phillips, who had a back injury this week, I, I do think he will play. The others are, are questionable. So um, <laughs> this was going to be tough at full strength facing Detroit. I mean, their, their, their defense can be dissected, 
but offensively they are very, very talented. And so Brian Flores, for as much amazing work as he has done this year for this defense, I mean, the hands are quite full with what Detroit is going to come in here with on Sunday and and what he's going to have available. Alec, you get to know these guys during the course of the season, and it makes me wonder because I'm just thinking, you know, as a fan, that this is like this must-win situation. Does that change things? And uh, fortunately, it's coming at home for the Vikings, um, and so they're going to, you know, make every effort to pour it on. To, it, does that come into play, or is that just imagination on my part? You know, they would say no. They would say every game, we take it one week at a time, and every game means the same, and you hear those cliches in this job so much that you almost, I don't know, you're, you just they start saying it, and you just stop listening to it. But, but, I mean, it's a good question because actually this weekend, just considering how tough Saturday's loss was and considering Detroit can clinch the division on the Vikings' home court, per se, uh, Sunday. I mean, there's probably going to be a lot of juice in that locker room, and there's been a lot of hype around Detroit going back to the offseason. And I guarantee you the, the, the players in the building know that, uh, the coaches know that, and so to, to put an effort in a very big spot against Detroit, it, it, it will definitely mean a lot. These divisional games, again, they will say every game means the same, but a divisional game where the playoffs are, are, are I mean, where it, these, are the, these are the games that are going to dictate where you – fall or don't fall in the playoffs, I mean, it's going to mean a lot. There, There's no question, and for as much as they probably use the cliches, this one, it, it, it's up there for how much it matters for sure. It's got a different feeling, in other words. Good. Hey, Alec, always a pleasure to have a chance to chat with you, get your insight, and to read you at The Athletic. So I do appreciate your joining us this afternoon here on News Talking no, 3 Thank you guys for having me. Have a great holiday as well, and we will continue to read you and catch up to you as we uh, preview the, the next week. But we're taking them one week at a time, one game at a time, as you said. So that's the way we'll play it. Have a great week and have a great holiday. Thank you. You guys, too. Appreciate it. Take care. 547 News Talk 830 WCCO. Is that Elvis, or does it just sound like Elvis? Well, that's very much Elvis, yeah. Very much Elvis. Yeah. Okay. Do, do you have a favorite Christmas song? Oh, all of them? I, did I, you say? I mean, I don't know. I'm just. I was exclaiming. Um, I. That's a tough question. I love. I love the the old Christmas crooners. That's that's my favorite. You know, my grandmother was a huge Perry Como fan, so we were always listening to Perry Como at her place. Oh, sure. And so sure. When it's the Nat King Coles and the Dean Martins and the Frank Sinatras and, and you know all that kind of stuff. Uh, oh. Nat King Cole, O Tannenbaum. That's tough to beat. I mean, I hate to pick just one, but that's a tough one to beat. Okay. I, you know, I think I mentioned this last week when we were talking about some Christmas music. For me, I love a good version of Oh Holy Night. Sure. I mean, just, you know, that can, can really bring it. And, and Martina McBride is one of those, you know, more of a country flavor. Speaking of that... Can I get a quick shout out here for, I've been learning, <laughs> you get a kick out of this, Dan, mm. uh, from a friend of mine, a high school uh, friend, uh, as a matter of fact, Bob Bergstrom, if you knew him in high school at Roosevelt in Minneapolis, Bobby Craig, if you knew him from Nashville, um, but he's a magician okay. and he has been, he's been teaching me 
magic tricks. Oh. Especially close-up, you know, card tricks. Sure. It's amazing. Some, the next time we are together, I will ama- I'll bring in um, some, some cards yeah. and such. And, and, and this guy... Um, very well known, especially in Nashville. Are you familiar with like um, like Brooks and Dunn? That, sure. That yeah. yeah that that was his idea. Okay. Putting those two guys together. That's a, it turned it, out to be a pretty good idea. As it, they as it sold goes. a record or yeah. two along one, one the or way. Two. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, great at at magic and such. Ah. So, but we were talking about Christmas music and such. So Martina McBride, uh, maybe more of a country flavor, but I just sure. love her version of Oh Holy mm-hmm. Night. So. Knock, knock your socks off, if you will. Yeah. Hey, a couple of notes here, show notes. Um, Weasel's coming up to fill in for uh, the Lake Show tonight. Henry Lake's got the night off, so uh, he's going to be filling in for Henry on the Lake Show. Weasel from Jack 104. And here's a kind of a cool thing. When you um, have had your fun of Christmas music, which will be continuous from Christmas Eve through Christmas Day at noon here on A3OWCCO, going to switch gears completely and bring you a couple of Twins games, rebroadcast Twins games from that you, you, you heard earlier on WCCL Radio. Which games are we going to get, Dan? These are the two uh, AL wildcard wins. So game one where the Twins broke the 0 for 18 playoff streak. Oh, yeah. And then game two as they clinched the wildcard series and moved on to the uh, ALDS series against Houston. So it's those two games back-to-back. Like you said, we'll have Christmas, uh, Christmas programming starting at noon on Sunday, so right after the huddle. With uh, with Dave and in, oh no, I'm blanking on Pete and Jerry. Uh, yeah, Dave Schwartz and Pete and Jerry on Sunday. Right after the huddle, uh, we'll launch into into pro- Christmas programming, including "It's a Wonderful Life." We'll play uh, in the afternoon there on Sunday. That'll go through Christmas morning, like I said, all the way to noon, and then Game One of the Wild Card Series starts at noon on Christmas Day, and followed immediately by Game Two, and then some more Christmas uh, programming just to round out the rest of the evening. But that should be a lot of fun. Those were two amazing games. Even if you weren't there, if you were just watching on TV, they were great. Corey Provis is as good as it comes when it, when it comes to play-by-play broadcasting. Uh, so listening to Corey describe that action would be a lot of fun to, to revisit those two games. And as, as much as, as Chris Atterbury is very, very good, uh, I agree with you. I enjoy listening to Corey Provis. Uh, he will be moving over to the television side, yes. right, for 2024? Yep, he will. And uh, it's, it's radio's loss and TV's gains, in, in a manner of speaking. We love Chris, absolutely. Uh, but Corey literally is one of the best in the business. And it was a no-brainer move for the Twins to ask him to, to make that switch. Um, uh, and I understand his reasons for thinking about it and pondering it, but I think ultimately this is going to be a great move for Corey, and it'll be it'll be just fine on the radio. You know, obviously Chris is going to take over. We've heard plenty of Chris on the radio. He does a wonderful job, uh, and we won't miss a beat uh, as we go ahead on the radio. But the TV broadcast will be great with with uh, Corey. Now, Collins. folks who who listen to WCCO, especially the afternoon drive here with uh, Jason DeRussia, know that you are a huge baseball fan, sure. big Twins fan. Uh, are you, I haven't seen too many moves except an outflow of talent. Have you, are you surprised that there's, I mean, with uh, Sonny Gray going, uh, I mean, who's going to who's coming next? Well, it's, I mean, those are all great questions. And there's and, you know, the thing, uh, Twins fans tend to panic a lot, especially early on in the season when they see signings getting made and the Twins haven't done anything yet. And I understand that, uh, but the Twins are notoriously, um, good at making deals later in the free agency process and in the uh, trade trade window. Uh, so there, there'll be moves coming. Uh, they've got a lot of talent on the club still, um, and there'll be more trades, I'm sure, coming and more uh, uh, free agent signings coming. Uh, things are going to be just fine. Um, they got every ounce that they wanted to out of Sonny Gray. They're going to get a compensatory pick for him leaving. 
um, they'll, they'll be just fine. They'll be just fine. There's, there's also payroll, obviously, issues. Yeah. You know, they're talking about reducing payroll. Um, that's going to be something. You know, they still have to figure out their TV deal. And it's difficult to put together a budget when you don't know how much income you're going to have. Yes, we call that addition through subtraction or something like that something in the like sports that. world. Dan Cook, thank you so much for this time here on WCCO. All of it, including uh, uh, the message and the personal things that you shared today. I do appreciate it. And you have a great Christmas. I know you will. You and I will chat somewhere in the coming year. Um, have a great time. Take care. Merry Christmas to you, John. Take care, everybody. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.